You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down, sadly, an Auburn Tigers loss to the Kentucky Wildcats in Rough Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. The final score of the game was 80 to 82 in, in the Wildcats' favor, dropping Auburn's overall record to 500 on the year at 11 11 and falling in their SEC record as well, 5 and 8 now on the year. We're going to talk about the action, the storylines, and the stats from this game. And to do that, I brought in my friend and my co host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, how's it feel to still be in a 33 year losing streak? Horrible, 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 horrible. <laughs> I'm back, though. I'm back. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like it's Kentucky at least. So you kind of accept it uh, that, you know, you you lose, you're losing to Kentucky on their home court. So it's kind of one of those things. It's not like uh, you're unproud of or not. I don't know what word I'm looking for, honestly, there. You know, it's just this weird thing. You know, we're we're at the point in this program's history where this should have been broken already. But for some reason, we just can't get this monkey off our back. I mean, is is there just some kind of voodoo curse that Rupp Arena has over us? I think so. I think so. It's the same way with Tiger Stadium and Baton Rouge and oh, football. Bring, I was about to say, you're going to bring some uh, football stuff in this? <laughs> I don't know that the football fans can last 33 years of losing in Tiger Stadium. but it is. Oh, no. Oh, no. We have to break that this, this year. This year. <laughs> Marcy's well, breaking that this year. Here's the thing. I am already accepting that he's going to lose, not because I want him to or, yeah, or think, but just, but I just because I'm preparing. Yeah. yeah, me too. This is what happens. Like, I don't get how Auburn fans don't understand this. You need to go ahead and anticipate them doing what you don't want them to do. And then it's going to happen. It's oh, going yeah. to happen at some point. Yeah. And then when you're surprised, it's even better. But yeah. anyway, this is a basketball show. This is not a football show. Uh, let's get back into that, uh, discussing this game. Just going to talk about general notes around the program. The only major thing here is, you know, we're still without Justin Powell. The main thing that I want to bring up with this, though, Gray, is we talked a lot about uh, throughout the season about how he kind of rose to the occasion while Sharif Cooper was not uh, available to play at the beginning of the year and was really, you know, had vaulted up the charts of the NBA draft. And, you know, the big storyline with him was he was passed over by Kentucky being the number one recruit from the state of Kentucky and didn't even hardly get a look at him. And so uh, was picked up by coach Pearl. How awesome would it have been to watch him play here? Oh, it was great. And it was what, it was what we were all looking forward to when we saw Justin kind of break off into the scene at the beginning of the year, we were like, man, what he's going to do to Kentucky is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. But, um, you know, you know, continued thoughts and prayers for him and his recovery. We hope to uh, see him back, you know, maybe not this season, but as soon as possible. 
Yeah, I, I continue to doubt that we'll see him this season at this point. I mean, there's five games left in the season, unless he's just 100% ready to go and, and just wants to be out there with his boys and get a chance to play with Sharif Cooper, you know, because that's still up in the air. I, I just, I, I am no doctor <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but I would just say, let let the guy sit out the rest of the year and get it and get his, you know, literally his head straight uh, and get that all figured out and short up so he can be available next year. But that's the main stuff around the program we want to talk about. Let's get into discussions about this game today. For those of you that weren't able to watch or listen live, basically how the game broke down was this. The first half, AU came out with a lot of momentum, was on fire. Kentucky actually had a tough time scoring at the very beginning of this, but they made a few runs back. Auburn was able to hold them off, maintaining the lead 36-30 to 30 going into the half. However, don't know what John Calipari said. Don't know if there was some more money passed around, but UK came out on fire. And they got the lead back and wouldn't let it go, although Auburn did erase a major deficit to bring it down to a two-point loss at the very end of the game. And Auburn had an opportunity to potentially tie it or take the lead. But ultimately, they do take the loss 80-82 to on the road in Rupp Arena. You and I talked a lot about this game, Gray, at the beginning of the season was probably a CBS executive's delight in terms of having Auburn in Kentucky in primetime. Ultimately, not really big implications for the college basketball world at this point for both of these teams, but it was still a great game. Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. Definitely, like you said, didn't live up to the preseason expectations of what, what we thought both of these teams would be. But um, I think it. Di- I think it did live up to a great game, though. Now, I I don't know if you saw this graphic because it was technically before tip off. So if you did, or if you didn't see it, correct me if I'm wrong here, but. Um, you know, it was just weird because they were breaking down the top 16 seeds for the, the ter- potentially for the tournament. And yeah. the only SEC teams that I believe were in there were uh, Alabama, Tennessee, and Missouri. How yes. weird is it to not see Kentucky in there, first of all, but Auburn in there as well? Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. I love, I, you know, it's great that we have to be able to say that. That, wow, no Auburn in the top 16 of the NCAA tournament. That's kind of weird. You know, that's awesome to say. But, um, uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing that I find about 2021, it is not 2020 (laughs) was weird enough. 2021, I give you Kentucky and Auburn are both the bottom of the sec and we're fighting to make sure (laughs) they could get out of the cellar. Uh, unfortunately Kentucky does, uh, in some essences get out of the cellar and Auburn kind of remains down there in the bottom quad or tier of the sec right now they don't seem like it to be honest with you they just can't get some things right on the road or kind of have you know a bad game here or there but they don't seem like they're as bad as their record looks but maybe we'll talk a little bit about that here i think the story of the night gray is turnovers um this was something that was plaguing auburn at the very beginning of the season and and it got i don't want to say better but manageable um throughout the middle of the year at times uh, tonight, Auburn gives up 17 turnovers. Now, Kentucky gave away 13 as well. So that's that's big numbers for both these teams and probably why they're both struggling against everybody else. Um, but you can't win a basketball game when you're having this many turnovers on the road. I mean, I, I was very frustrated with the first half play because of that. Oh, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, you know, that you look at those team stats and the team comparison of the stats and you're like, you, know, you don't see big – breakers of you know why Kentucky won or why Auburn lost you know so I, I really did come down to you know those 
plus four turnovers of 17 turnovers caused tonight were, were huge. Yeah, I think you probably could look and find some other arguments, but when you're on the road and you're giving up opportunities for the home team to take advantage of what little home court advantage you have in a COVID-19 year um, or pandemic extension, whatever you want to call it, whatever we're dealing with these days now. Uh, But when you give up those opportunities, freebies at home to someone, those are going to come back to bite you. And while it wasn't like just the worst possible turnover situation, it wasn't great in and of itself another thing that kentucky did very good that they did in the last game with us is they shut down sharif cooper they were the ones to kind of figure out if you go up and double team him and everybody started modeling that you kind of get him a little bit flustered force him into some situations or the, the rest of the team doesn't know how to respond to help him out that's changed since then tonight they shut him down a couple of different ways here but what did you think about sharif's play over overall tonight sharif didn't play bad i think sharif um Sharif's got to be, get better at uh, finishing at the rim. Mm. Uh, every every time he went to the rim, he got a shot blocked um, tonight or this afternoon. Um, his vision's there. You know, he's, we're starting to see flashes of a jump shot being there, maybe a mid-range jumper, but he's he's got to start being able to finish through contact and through those seven-footers and 6'11", 6'10 guys because that's what you're going to see at the next level. And see, I don't disagree with you that he needs to finish better the rim, but he was so oversized. And I felt like at times, personally, he made poor decisions to take it to the hole instead yeah. of taking it yeah. and then dishing it before he gets too deep yeah. into it. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of breeding into the situation here. I felt like at times maybe he felt like he had something to prove against the SEC powerhouse and wanted to kind of, you know, look, you know, you, you passed over me in a sense, too. You didn't come after mm-hmm. me either and uh, I just feel like there's like that chip on his shoulder that kind of got in the way of him making some smarter decisions than he normally would and I and I you did see his his shot get blocked tonight Uh, I think Kentucky had about uh, 10 blocks tonight they beat out Auburn by uh, two with eight blocks for Auburn but I would imagine I can count at least four if not five of those that were Sharif Cooper um, running to the basket and getting his shot stuffed tonight and you know this this game ended uh, with a very fast finish, a very an opportunity for Auburn to win the game, and you even noticed that he missed JT Thor down low for the for the game. Where was that situation setting up? Um, you know, when you have a guy like you like you just said, a guy that wants to prove something against an in a opposing arena against an SEC powerhouse, I think we saw that with number ten JT Thor tonight. Um, he played spectacular. He was. Everything was going right for JT Thor tonight. Um, And Sharif on that down three, 20 seconds left, drive to the right side where he tried to get fouled and finish, and he got blocked. Uh, I mean, JT was wide open. And he's five of six from three. He's playing the best game he's played of his entire young career. I I think you got to see that, and I think you got to dish that. Yeah, I think that was a situation that, you know, obviously the hot hand at that time is JT. So you kind of want to give it to him because yeah. at times it's been Sharif. Let, let him do what he does. Yeah. But tonight it definitely wasn't that, even though he scores 14 points tonight. So it's not a bad mark for him tonight overall. By most players' standards, they'd be ecstatic with that. But the guy that you wanted to hit tonight was JT Thor. Let me run through his stat line for everybody. 24 points, 8 for 11 from the field, 5 for 6 from the three-point arc, 3 for 3 from the free throw line, Nine rebounds, one assist, only three personal fouls, and only one turnover in 27 minutes of time. Mind you, that is one of the it's it's one of the lower ends of the starters here. 
Uh, you got 36 minutes of time for Sharif Cooper. You've got 31 for Flanagan. So he's not even seen the most time out there on the floor, and he did the most with it. What was most impressive for you tonight about JT Thor? That shot has gotten so much better. His mechanics, you know, you can tell he's worked on his mechanics. I, I, uh, I saw him multiple times. I saw videos of him in high school trying to shoot, and I was like, I don't know if that guy's going to be a good shooter with that kind of mechanic, shooting mechanics at the next level. You can tell him and his this Auburn coaching staff has really worked on him being a stretch, you know, stretch five, a stretch four uh, shooter at, at the SEC level, and it really showed to fruition tonight. Do you get worried at all that we might lose a JT Thor instead of a JT, uh, a JT, a share of Shreve Cooper? Um, you know, if there is, you know, uh, I heard, I heard somebody say, well, you know, we might have just lost JT Thor tonight, but regained Sharif Cooper for the next season. <laughs> I don't know that I like those odds. I don't you know, know if I like that either. <laughs> I'm not saying that anything about, I want Sharif Cooper back because clearly we need someone to be a point guard next year as well at this point. Uh, but, I just don't want to lose either of them. It's, it's one thing if we could like get those guys together and say, look who's coming in and look who you have here currently. If y'all can just give up one year, that's all I'm asking. Now y'all probably going to all exit together and leave us in completely dire straits at the end of everything. <laughs> but just give us one year where we actually can go to the postseason play. That's all I'm asking. Uh, because, you know, it's getting to a point here, you know, it's not uncommon for Sharif Cooper to have an outstanding game. But you've got other players that are doing that as well, like a JT Thor or Jalen Williams. And when you have a group of players that are capable of doing this and you, they combine their efforts together, that makes for a good, pretty good opportunity uh, for Auburn to have some pretty successful nights in the future. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Let's let's talk about Alan Flanagan. You know, we've been a, a little bit more, not critical, but, you know, questioning of some things that he's been doing lately. But he has, a, when well, my opinion, uh, at least from my, what I was seeing, a very quiet 23-point night. Where did he <laughs> come out of nowhere? What happened to him tonight? You know, you know, my uh, my dad, I was watching with my dad today and he always says he would, I would get frustrated at, at Alan. He'd be like, go look at his stats. And I would look at his stats and he would be our leading scorer and our leading rebounder. And I was like, how does that even make any sense? Like he's <laughs> he's frustrating me like he's not doing this or not doing that. Um, but no, he, he's he's one of those guys that finds a way to get the ball in the basket finds a way to get those rebounds, finds a way to defend well. And he did, he played a much better game tonight. Well, and he was much needed tonight in a night where Sharif Cooper was struggling. 
Uh, and that's the beauty of having so much talent. And when someone's struggling a little bit, the other one steps up here. Do you think maybe Allen almost made it too easy for, for us to think too much of him at the beginning of the season because he had a, such a great start to the year? Or yeah. we just do we expect too much of him? I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's a that's a good question. He's you know that beginning of the year, he climbed up into you know the first round of NBA mock drafts, and it was like seriously but you know he's young he's he's very very talented don't get me wrong he's extremely talented and his potential could be that late NBA first round type of pick um and then you saw at the beginning of the year you saw that we saw that kind of player and um I just think for him it's consistency he's got to be more consistent on both ends of the floor Mm -hmm. um and that just comes with time and experience. And I think that's the thing that separates him from a guy like JT Thor, who, while he's not putting up 20-point games every single night, he's been consistent in terms of his contributions, whereas Allen's had yeah. a chance, an opportunity to fall off. And it's really been more decision-making for him. And I think he yeah. kind of gets a little, I won't call it overconfident, but thinks maybe he can do a little bit more than – not that he's capable or that the situation calls for, I think is the best way tonight, but tonight wasn't one of those nights because between him and JT Thor, we wouldn't have a game tonight if they don't do what they do. His stat line for the night is uh, pretty impressive as well. 23 points, eight for 13 from the field, only one for five from the three point arc, but six for six of seven from the free throw line, five rebounds for him, only two personal fouls. Uh, He did have five turnovers. So if we are going to nitpick a little bit, we probably need to, put that in his column as well although he wasn't the worst defender tonight that was Sharif Cooper oddly enough on a night where Sharif Cooper has given up six turnovers that is not going to be a good night for the Auburn Tigers Uh, another area to look at here bench points something we've been talking about a lot eight for Auburn 20 for Kentucky your thoughts on how the bench performed tonight Uh, we we lost a lot when JT and Allen and Sharif and even Jalen Williams at times came off the floor. You know, we saw Kentucky go on runs, even on the defensive end. You know, we're talking about bench points. You know, that's just on the offensive end. But even on the defensive end, you saw Kentucky really show their depth tonight. Um, and it, it hurt us bad. That hurt us, but also in the second half when they went on their run and suddenly with well over 10 minutes left in the game, they're in the, bon- the officials now. They're in the bonus, the officials, the fouling. So let let me I want you to kind of have your moment here because I think you're ready to talk about it here. In your honest opinion, take your orange and blue glasses off for just a second. Okay. Was it more Auburn putting themselves in bad situation and making bad choices, or were there just bad calls? But I want you to be honest. I think there were I think there were bad no calls. Okay. I think there were bad no calls on the Auburn offensive end. Um Sharif Cooper is a guy that has, is averaging like 11 free throw attempts a game. And for him to go to the free throw line zero times, that many times when he's, it's not like he was jacking up threes the whole game. He was attacking the basket. Yeah. Um, but for him to go to the line zero times and the, you know, the foul count at the, in the second half, you know, in the first half, it wasn't as bad, but the second half, you know, maybe it was the Calipari technical that kind of switched things. Mm-hmm. Um so there may may have been a little momentum switch. Maybe the Bruce technical switch things. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, it was a tale of two halves with these officials. Um, Sharif is uh, – he's a superstar. I don't understand how he doesn't get those calls. 
So here's the thing that I look at this from watching the game and looking at the way Sharif made some choices to go into the lane. I don't think that he should have had too many of those fouls called in his favor, but I do think he should have had some. And that's the problem that I have here. What you brought up zero free throw attempts. That means he never got fouled. You're going to tell me one time a guy of his size did not get fouled as many times as he went down low. And he's, I mean, he's, he's a superstar. Right. It's not like, like it's like the LeBron thing. People complain about how LeBron and, you know, these super and James Harden, for example, get calls in their favor all the time because yeah, they want to see them go to the line. They want to see them get points. They want to see, you know, the superstars succeed. Shreef is probably the best point guard in the country. And he got zero attempts against Kentucky. Yeah. That, that's, that's not something that this referee wants to have a mark on them at the end of this game. They're probably kind of looking at each other and scratching their heads. Uh, nobody could find a foul on this guy. Cause I mean, it had to have happened at some point. Uh, but, you know, and that and that's probably one of the areas you can look at here for why Auburn wasn't able to get the win tonight because they're 90% from the free throw line, which normally Kyle loves, but that's only 9 of 10. And normally we're shooting somewhere in the 20 range close to that in free throw attempts. So if that's a 90% with almost 20 attempts, I'm a very happy guy tonight. Uh, but when you don't have that many opportunities to go, especially on the road, you're giving up turnovers like that in a, a away situation it's not going to end up in your favor all that much. Uh, so there are a lot of things to be frustrated about this game tonight. Refs, uh, decisions by players overall. The point of the, of the matter is, is that the Kentucky streak still stands at 33 years of never winning in Rupp Arena. We'll have to wait at least another year if they give us an opportunity to play there next year. So they can hold that over our heads just a little bit longer, but I have a feeling that'll go down sooner rather than later. It's basically one of the few streaks left that Bruce Pearl hasn't taken care of. So he's bound to do it at some point, but uh, we'll put this one away and uh, hopefully not be too frustrated about it going forward. We still got some basketball left to play in this season. The next game is against the Mississippi state Bulldogs. And it's very ironic because you're basically seeing the exact same team across from you. This team is also 11 and 11 on the year and also five and eight in the sec. The game will be played at 8 p.m. Central Time this Tuesday, the 16th, and you can watch it on ESPNU, a very late game. So they're coming off a loss to Vanderbilt. And let me set this up for you. This isn't just a loss to Vanderbilt. This is a shellacking by Vanderbilt. They lost 51-72 to at home. How does that make you feel, Gray? Um, well, as a, as a fan of the team that's about to play, I'm pretty excited. Um, um, yeah, uh, they're sim. They're very inconsistent. This Mississippi State team is very inconsistent. They've they've shown flashes of being good, but they've shown flashes like they did against Vanderbilt of just not being competitive at all against the team that they should be competitive at, at least with. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Here's something that may not make you feel better. Number 13, Missouri at home, and they've also beaten Florida at home. Does that worry you at all? That wasn't the big earlier in the SEC play, though. I that just that proves, I guess that proves my point of them being inconsistent, um, showing who, who they beat and then who they've lost to. Yeah. Um, I guess it just, I guess we'll just find out what Mississippi State team shows up to play Auburn on Tuesday. And the favor, obviously, being in Auburn here, being in Auburn Arena. 
Uh, You would hope that that kind of works in their favor. If they get into some bad situations, they'll have the crowd, what little it is uh, behind them and to feel a little bit more comfortable at home. So it really is going to be a tale of which team, which basically, you know, record wise, you know, kind of the way their season is going alongside ours, it feels the exact same way. Who is going to make the move to finish strong after this game uh, and get probably get the win here to have a good end to the year and a bad end of the year. And Auburn really needs it. And let me just go ahead and preface this because we're not taking this for granted. We did that one time and we're having to uh, take the blame for that loss that came from that. But I'm going to say this with humongous air quotes I'm doing right now. You can't see because it's a podcast. This is Auburn's last easy game. We're not even going to look ahead and talk about those games yet because what a murderer's row we have to go up against. Um, I don't know that Auburn's going to have a better opportunity to get off on the right foot the rest of the season. So would you consider this a last easy game? Uh, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty tough what we've got coming up here going forward. Uh, so hopefully we'll get the win in Auburn Arena. A couple players for everybody to watch um, in this game. DJ Stewart, the sophomore guard, 17.0 uh, points per game. And Tolu, I think that's how you say his name. Tolu Smith, sophomore forward, 8.5 rebounds per game. So they got some guys putting up some pretty good stats, but overall the team seems to be struggling. Kind of seems the same situation there for Auburn as well. So we'll see which team comes out on top and who wants to finish strong in the SEC and make sure that they stay out of the cellar of the conference as well. That's all we have for you in this episode. Before we get out of here, uh, where can they find you on social media if they want to talk to you, Gray? Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at GrayO21. And you can find me on Twitter as well at, at TigerEye24. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Inside the Jungle. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?